that are very important. And the response was, was amazing. A lot of you made decisions last night. Maybe it was one, maybe it was the first time you've ever made a decision like this. And it's a big deal, but you're back today. So you returned because maybe you're wanting to hear more. So this morning, as we talk about 411, some information and data that matters, I want you to, to know this. Hosea 4 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Have you ever heard, What you don't know can't hurt you? It actually should be, What you don't know can kill you, actually. So there's a lot of things that we may not know that we should know, and the Bible has laid it all out. For instance, Luke 12, 54 through 56, it says, he said to the crowd, this is Jesus speaking, capital H, it is he, him, God in the flesh, speaking this. He says, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when a south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. And then he says this, hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky and the weather and all this stuff. You can tell when it's going to storm, the leaves flip over and the air cools down and it smells like rain. And it, it, Some people like that, but you can tell God's designed it like that. But then he says, hypocrites, you know how to do that. You know how it, you can tell when the weather's coming and the different types of weather. But how is it, he says, that you don't know how to interpret this present time? So even though. The Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. There are ways that you can know if it's soon, if it's close, because God says these, all this stuff is going to start to happen. Okay? So 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. And videos like the ones you just saw that aren't movies, and that stuff's real. Some of that was real footage. And it is very sobering. It's hard to watch the person jumping at the very end when you just saw the person falling out of the World Trade Center before it collapsed. That's sobering. That's heart-wrenching to see that. Your, your heart just sinks because that's our country. It's falling to pieces. So it says people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive. Listen to this disobedient to parents. There is a hatred for parents because you swear they don't get it and they don't understand. But you understand that the more you disobey and you do what you want and you rebel from parents, the more you are personally fulfilling what the Bible says. That crazy or what? That's you. That's us. That's people. It says they'll be disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving. Some of you hold unforgiveness in your heart towards a parent or a friend, an ex-friend or an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, aunt, uncle, grandpa, grandpa, someone who's abandoned you, abused you, whatever it is, and you, do not, you will not forgive them. You have resentment towards them and bitterness, and it builds up, and it roots, and it destroys you. They may not even know how you feel about them, but it destroys you. So the Bible says you will be Unforgiving, slanderous, bad-mouthing, gossiping, drama, talking all kinds of nonsense about people. It says without self-control, people will start giving themselves to whatever, the party scene, drinking sex, all this stuff. Well, I couldn't help it. You're not an animal. You don't operate on instincts. The Bible says, God says, I created you in my image. I created you with a choice. Real love gives a choice. I don't make my wife love me. If I did that, then how would I ever know if she really loved me? 
if I make her love me. Force, God doesn't force you to love him back. But it says we love him because he loved us first. An unbelievable love. It says that we will be brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That is our world. That is our country. Having a form of godliness, maybe some Christians, but denying its power, having nothing to do with them. So I want to give you kind of a timeline here. And I want you to see this. Because we talked about the rapture last night. We talked about being uh, recaptured. We talked about... Um, we talked about God invading our hearts and making sure that when the rapture does happen, that we're ready. And how God had a love so great for us that he made a way for us to be ready because we were meant for a happy ending. And hell was not created for us. So I want to show you real quick. You guys can bring that out. I just want to kind of make a timeline for you. And some of you guys are into history and maybe some of your favorite subjects are history. And um, you might like history. I don't know. Anybody like history? Quite a few of you. And that's good. Some people say, what in the world do I need to know this for? How does this? History has everything to do with your present. It's why we are where we are. All the connections can be made throughout history. You can look at the roots of our country, and because of our history, you can see how far we've fallen. And you may not know that. But I want to just kind of give you a timeline real quick of things that are happening in the world and how kind of the end is going to come about. So first of all, last night uh, we talked about we talked about the, the rapture and the rapture is actually an invisible event. It takes place in the twinkling of an eye. And we learned last night that to a twinkling of an eye means one one hundred thousandth of a second. That's fast. That's fast. And before you know it, you'll be in school, you'll be in class, you'll be in study hall, you'll be at lunch, you might be playing sports and all of a sudden People disappear. Maybe your mom and dad love God and you never did or you don't. Or, and it'll happen and you'll be wondering what's going on. It actually says, woe unto those who are with child and have infants because those babies that don't have an understanding of God, boom, might disappear right then. And that's going to leave parents going crazy. You understand? So this is, this is kind of crazy. So we're going to talk uh, about, first of all, the rapture. And, and maybe you can't see this very well, but I just want to give you kind of a timeline and if you can't can you see that at all okay so we have once the spotlight is on it so the rapture happens and then now this may not be absolutely accurate we don't know when the rapture is going to happen but we know it's going to happen at any moment it could happen before it could happen during the tribulation after the tribulation but we're just going to say that um after the rapture could be the seven year tribulation Okay. Seven year tribulation. What does that mean? Let's look at this. Three, three and a half years. The Bible says for 42 months that there's going to be a peace treaty signed and it's going to be signed um, over with Israel. And Israel has a key part in this. Okay. They're like uh, the rapture happening is, has nothing to do with America. America is not God's timeline. Israel is. Israel is God's uh, nation that he promised Abraham. He made a covenant and God doesn't break covenants. Okay, he can't. It's not within him. He keeps his covenants. He keeps his promises. He keeps his contracts. Okay, so this 
this tribulation is going to happen. There's going to be a guy come onto the scene, and you're going to know him as the false prophet and the Antichrist are going to make their way to the scene. And some people say, oh, I bet it's Barack Obama. I bet it's this. I, I don't know, but maybe he's alive now. Who knows? So, because it could be happening soon. But according to this, this seven-year tribulation, in that seven-year tribulation, there's going to be 3.5 years, 42 months of peace. Okay? Peace. Peace. Everything is good. We're coming together. The world's coming together. It's when all this stuff starts to form in the world. All the things you hear about the one world financial system, the one world government, all of these things that are happening. But after that, there's going to be 3.5 more years of absolute chaos. Okay? Absolute chaos. Anarchy. Terror, untold terror on the face of this earth. Okay? Now, um, this is when, th- this is kind of when the Antichrist is going to peek his head and, and the peace is going to happen and then the wrath of God is going to fall because after the rapture, which is an invisible event, what happens is God, God takes away his people and these are people that have the Holy Spirit of God inside of them living. And one, one thing that the Holy Spirit does, the Spirit of God does, is restrain evil. He keeps evil. Now, you might, there's a lot of evil in the world now, but can you imagine when there's no Spirit of God on the earth, when He takes all of His people out in this invisible event called the rapture, and then the Spirit of God is gone? Terror will be absolutely unleashed. Unleashed. Now, so then we have, you know, the Antichrist... And I don't know, hopefully you can see some of this. Antichrist, and we know that his number is 666. And we joke about that, and we laugh about that. And, but this is not funny, because then what happens is the world, um, the world is going to start to kind of join together. And I'm going to show you why after we do this. So we have like the, the one world government we have the one world religion and i'm going to tell you what that religion is and we have the one world uh currency which is money okay the one world currency now check this out after all this is happening and there's chaos in the earth and the and the uh the great battle what's like the biggest battle at the end of the world called shout it out armageddon and they made a movie about it and now you understand it. The Armageddon is like the mother of all battles. I don't even know how to spell it. I think I'm right. Armageddon is this battle that takes place in the Valley of Megiddo, over in the Middle East. It's a place. Okay, it's real. This is real. In fact, I know some people that have been there and they've stood there. The Bible actually says that blood, blood, human blood, horse blood is going to be up to the horse's bridle. Some big, strong war horses. They're pretty big. Blood up to the horse's bridle. That's a lot of blood. That's scary. You think, man, you, you think all any of the wars that we've gone through have been any type of, you know, chaos and, and you know, Vietnam, 58,000 Americans died. and How many people? Six. During World War II, six million Jews. And 
This is going to be the biggest battle, the mother of all battles. Now, what happens then? (laughs) Well, we have the second coming of Christ. This is a different event than the rapture. Okay, the second coming is where Jesus actually comes back. And this is not an invisible event. This is a visible event. Event. You understand that? This is crazy. This is the second coming. Now, the rapture is an, is an invisible event. But the second coming is actually a visible event. So listen. Um, after that and the second coming, it says that, that Christ is going to reign for 1,000 years. That is known as the millennial reign, where God is going to come back himself with the people that have been raptured. They're going to come back as an army. He's going to put a stop to the battles. He's going to put a stop to Satan. And the second coming of Christ is going to happen to stop the battle of Armageddon and to finally put to death the rule of Satan and the Antichrist and the beast and all of these things that you hear about in the Bible that we might just think are stories and fables. Now the question is, when is all this going to happen? Well, you know, I've had a lot of guys, guy students come up to me and say, Mr. King, when? When is this going to happen? I told you last night, before I graduate, before the end of this year, and I told you, I'm going to make it clear to you, I don't know. But God has given us some things. I'm going to go through this stuff rather quickly because there's a lot of information, but this is going to be crazy. Luke 21, 7 through 20 says, Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming that I am he, and that the time is near. There have been a lot of people say that they were Jesus. That's crazy. Now, it says, um, it's the next scripture, and at verse 10, it says, for many will come in my name, claiming that I am he, the time is near. Do not follow them. Verse 9 says, when you hear of wars and revolutions, rumors of wars, things happening, do not be frightened. These things have to happen first, but the end will not come immediately. It won't come right away. But God says, how can you interpret the weather, but you can't interpret the signs of the times and what's happening in our world? Then he said, and the nation will rise against nation. That's happening all the time. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, pestilence. That's, that's hunger and poverty in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you, that's the Christian, and persecute you. Are you looking forward to that, Adam? No, I'm not looking forward to being persecuted, but I know where my faith lies. And if that's what I have to go through, yes, so be it. There's people being killed for their faith all over the world every day. And when I say that, I'm talking specifically about Christianity. And it says, but before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors on the account of my name, Jesus says. I've already been in those situations, but of a much less magnitude. And it says, this will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries or enemies will be able to resist or contradict. Isn't it nice when you say something of truth and it just shuts a crowd up and they have nothing to say? What can they say? You have a touch? It's truth, and you can't 
deny or contradict or resist it. And that's what he says in the end times when all this stuff happens. He says, don't worry about what you're going to say. He says, you will be betrayed even by your parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Something to look forward to, right? This is end time stuff. All men will hate you because of me. I feel hated sometimes because I love Jesus. And I say the name of Jesus. I pray to him. I know there is a hatred for that because I'm going to show you in just a second. But not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. My Bible says to die is gain. So even if you die, you live. You could be beheaded. And in less than a second, boom, you're in eternity in heaven because you died for your faith and you stood up. For him who died for you. It says when you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. It's crazy. Jerusalem. Israel. So we're going to break it down. False prophets. Matthew 24, 5 says, For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, and will mislead many. Matthew 24, 11 says, And many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Think of all these people that are leading cults and Jim Jones, who laced the Kool-Aid with poison and killed 800 people. And you know, they were just like, yes, Master. And they fall into these things. And think about people who have called themselves the Messiah. They've called themselves Jesus, David Koresh in Texas, and all these TV evangelists. I just saw a clip on YouTube of a TV evangelist saying he was Jesus. You know, the Bible says that you will do greater works than me. Yeah, I I understand that. But these people actually thought they were Jesus doing greater works than him. And they were full of pride. The Bible says that God resists the proud. And he says, run from them. Get away from those people. Because there's a lot of fakes and phonies out there. Well, how do we know which one? You have to spend time with God. Just like youth pastor Jamie Harrop was talking about this morning. We were talking about last night. Spend time with him or you will not know and you will be deceived. Because if possible, the Bible says, it will even deceive the very elect. That could be the Christian. Because you weren't rooted or grounded and you don't know the Bible. Do not hang on the coattail of your parent for your religion. You will fail and you might hate everything and hate your life. and Because you're not finding out for yourself the reality of God and his love for you and his hatred of the sin. In your life that separates. Can you see why God hates sin so much? Because it separates you and Him. And He died to tear down that wall, but it's a choice to respond to that. Listen to this. Wars. World War III. We always talk about when is World War III going to be? Matthew 24, 6 says, And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. Rumors of wars in all areas of the world now occur frequently all the time thanks to the instant media coverage that we have in the news and the availability of the multitude of 24-hour news sources. You can go online. I mean, something just happened last night or early this morning. And this is huge. The president, I believe, I I hope I'm correct here in my information. I just received this information this morning. The president of Poland was killed in a plane wreck this morning, along with a lot of his government officials, killed this morning. The government, the president of Poland. It's a big deal. Today, during the restoration, awake. And these things are happening while we do whatever we want and go to our soccer games and go to this and that and our banquets, sports and school and 
play video games and get addicted to video games while our controller vibrates simulated sex soliciting prostitution on Grand Theft Auto and we're entertained by it. But all this is happening around you. I want to read you Matthew 24, verse 7. It says, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. More debt. Listen, these are some things I want to tell you. I told you this morning was data that matters. The 411, it's the info. More deaths in warfare in this century than any other in time in history. The Holocaust, 6 million Jews. War on abortion, 50 million babies since 1973. Roe versus Wade, where we think, well, it just gives us more choice. God caused that murder. Do you understand that? Abortion. People that have abortions... Are murdering. Well, you you can't say. Yes, I can say that. If you have an abortion, you're wrong. If you had one, you're wrong. And it will emotionally attack you for the rest of your life. Unless you let God in to give you a peace. And wash your mind with the water of his word. He will take care of you. And he will forgive you and wrap you up and give you a new direction. He'll do it. But without God, you can't handle Something something like that. We love the act, but we hate the consequences. We have pregnant freshmen at our school, and I'm sure they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And they cover it up with, yeah, we're going to name this. And, and they cover it up with a joy. They didn't mean to do it. And they're proud of it. That's a cover-up. They're scared to death, and they're sad, and they're mad, and they're sorry that that happened. But they enjoyed the act of what got them pregnant. You see how we are as people? And God says all this will happen. Death toll rises in the Middle East. Weapons of mass destruction being tested. Nuclear warfare, terrorism. Terrorism's a hard battle. It's like an unseen, invisible thing that's hard to hunt down. I mean, who do we attack? Who do we invade? You've got to pinpoint terrorism. That's hard to do. Evil leaders like Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden. And my theory is, is they know exactly where he is. There's a plan and a strategy, and we are ignorant. All the things that are happening in Afghanistan and Iraq. I want to tell you about this. The end of the world. There's going to be in the existence of a 200 million man army in the east. Revelation 9.16 says, And the number of the armies and the horsemen was 200 million. And I heard the number of them. Can you imagine 200 million army men and horsemen marching? I mean, it's just unbelievable the rumble and the resonance on the ground. You think a stampede of buffalo? 200 million men from the east, the Bible says. Now listen to me very carefully. That's supposed to happen before the end comes. Now listen to this. An army of that size never existed until China's army reached that number in the 1960s. That was 50 years ago. It's reached that number 50 years ago. Any second... Any time, any moment, are you ready? Who cares if it's 10, 20, 30 years from now? Are you ever ready for the ever after? The drying up of the historic river in the land of ancient Babylon is, is stunning. The, the, even the Times, the New York Times, had to note that Bible prophecy says this will happen in the last days of history in the lead up to the apocalyptic battle of Armageddon described in the book Revelation. Revelation 16:12 says the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. That's China, that's the 200 million man army on horses. China's breeding war horses right now and they have been for a long time. Why? 
Armageddon. We don't know this stuff. Your heart should be going, wow, this could be really, really soon. This is now, y'all, now, now, 2010. That right there, if you go to the picture of the Euphrates, if you, this is actually a picture of the river Euphrates right now. Portions of it drying up. That's biblical prophecy saying the, the, the Euphrates River has, has never dried up in its history, but it's drying up. Now, making the way for that 200 million man army to march. This is an informative session. Get the information. Don't forget this information. Research this information. It's good to be aware and alert, and that's my prayer this morning. Key players, China, Iran, and Russia, Israel, Palestine, North Korea. All these countries are key players in the end of the world. Russia, just two days ago, I believe, signed a a peace treaty with all the... Um, the, the armaments and all the various things that are going on. There was a peace treaty signed two days ago on Thursday. Now, the Bible talks about Russia. They talk about these places. Headlines on war, February 10th. This is a headline. February 10th, 2010, Russia adopts nuclear strike, nuclear first strike military doctrine. November 3rd, 2009, U.S. Admiral concerned over China military buildup. November 3rd, 2009, Russia simulates nuclear attack on Poland. Poland just lost its president and a lot of its government leaders this morning. And that headline was from four months ago. September 28, 2009, Iran test fires long-range missiles, puts Israel within reach. August 5th, 2009, Russian subs patrolling off the east coast of the United States. Why? What? Why? Things are happening, y'all. July 6th, 2009, report Saudis would let the IAF jets fly over kingdom to Iran. They're letting them pass through. They're letting it happen. June 19th, 2009, North Korea may fire missile toward Hawaii. These are all real. These are now 2009 and 2010. Right now, your lifetime in high school, in junior high, happening now. You're making plans. Who's my next boyfriend going to be? Who's my next girlfriend going to be? You think there's other things that are more important. All the drama and the gossip that we get into. All the various backbiting and naysaying and addictions we get wrapped up into that you can't seem to get delivered from. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of things, but not staying right with God. Famine and pestilence. Example. As white Christians, farmers are driven out of Zimbabwe in increasing numbers and foreigners moving to replace life-sustaining crops with, with poppies that now supply 25% of the world's drugs. Famine spreads across the African continent. I wonder why. The undernourished and not limited to Africa, however, a large portion of the world's 6.7 billion people suffer from a shortage of food. According to UNICEF, 24,000 children die each day due to poverty. They die quietly, far removed from the conscience of the world. Because they die in that 1040 window where no one's telling them about God. They die where we're trying to send missionaries. They're dying everywhere. Poverty, pestilence, famine, hunger. It's plaguing the earth. 18 million people die due to poverty every year. That's 50,000 people in the world a day. Before today is over, 50,000 people will die just due to poverty. The Bible says that will happen, and it's happening. More people died due to extreme poverty than any other cause. 
5.8 million children die every year from hunger-related causes. That's 16,000 every day specifically from hunger. For the first time in history, over 1.02 billion people do not have enough to eat. That's one-sixth of humanity. This is the Bible coming to life in front of your eyes and into your ears. More than the population, a sixth of humanity do not have enough to eat. That's more than the population of the United States, Canada, and the European Union combined. AIDS and HIV disease, 3 million people die a year of AIDS. 40 million people live with AIDS right now. 65% live in Africa, spreading through superstition because all these men in Africa believe that if they have sex with a young female pure virgin that hasn't had sex, that it will cure them of their AIDS. That's their superstition. If I have sex with this young virgin, I'll get rid of my AIDS. They spread it. And it's spreading like wildfire. My brother-in-law was in South Africa a few years ago. And that was the superstition he brought back to me because he was ministering and preaching and talking and doing dramas with for God in tribes. And that was their belief. September 3rd, this is a headline, 2008. Like, check this out. My brother-in-law might be moving to New York City. September 3rd, 2008, HIV spreading in New York City at triple the national rate. This is our country. More disease. Malaria. One million deaths a year. Ninety percent of those deaths are in Africa. April 24th, 2009, the swine flu cases have experts scrambling. The H1N1. What do we do? This epidemic, this pandemic. Other swine flu, you've heard. Bird flu, mad cow disease, polio, the black plague. Influenza kills more people, more 30,000 deaths a year just than regular flu. Which seems like something you could take care of, but it's killing because we're turning our backs on God. Because the Bible says if we turn from our wicked ways and we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, he's going to heal our land. Our Our land is not being healed. Yellow fever, tuberculosis, that's in the air. I mean, everyone, a lot of people are getting that. Cancer, this vicious, vicious disease of cancer. And the biggest disease of all, sin. Sin. Earthquakes, check this out. The number and intensity of earthquakes this century is at a higher level than any other time in history. A staggering number of seismic events occur around the world daily. Earthquake seismic monitor Iris shows all major earthquakes from the last year. You can go to earthquake sites and it'll say, these are the ones that happened today. You can see all these various places. If you are familiar with science, plate tectonics, you know where volcanoes and earthquakes take place and the 12 plates and all the activity that goes on. You see California on the top right there with the U.S., the Cali earthquake that just hit a few days ago that affected um, Southern California was like a 7.2 on the scale, and there could be up to 500 aftershocks for the next month. Not many earthquakes here. 500 aftershocks in a month. And it says, 
You can always say, indicated by the yellow and red circles, the seismic events of the last 15 days provide a strong evidence of the fulfillment of Matthew 24-7 in our day, where there will be earthquakes in diverse places everywhere. We've had earthquakes in Ohio. You might not be able to feel them as much. I was in California a couple summers ago. We were in an earthquake. So this stuff's happening now. Listen to this. By contrast, in the years from 1890 to 1900, there was only one major earthquake in the world. Check this out. From 1863, listen good, 1863 to 1900, the 38-year period, only 12 major earthquakes that had a magnitude of more than 6.99. Twelve. But from the next 38 years, 1901 to 1938, 53. It's getting closer. The end is getting closer because the, the, the earth is shaking. The earth is scared of the wrath of God. I'm going to show you why tonight. I'm going to tell you what the earth and how the earth responds to God himself. You're going to hear about that tonight. 1939 to 1976, another 38-year period, 71. We've gone from 12 to 53 to 71 earthquakes that had a magnitude of more than 6.99. 1977 to 2014, another 38-year period. There's already been 144 more than 6.9 magnitude. And they're predicted to be 180 by the year 2014. That means it went from 12 to 53 to 71 to 180. And if the trend continues, it will go from 180 to probably 350 or 400 for 30 years after that, if we're still here. And even more. Last week, 7.2 earthquake in California, possible 500 aftershocks could be felt. March 30th, 2010, undersea volcano threatens Italy, says scientists. March 4th, 2010, an oarfish washing ashore may portend earthquake in Japan. It's coming. March 3rd, 2010, Pacific Northwest at risk of mega earthquake. These are headlines right now. March 2nd, 2010, the Chile earthquake hits at danger, hints at danger of big one for the United States. This is not just movies. This is like happening. You're just trying to scare us. No. Not at all. And people that have said that to me the past few months just have to ignore. Because I know God loves me and I love Him. And He's angry at sin, but He wants you with Him. And it's all unfolding. It's happening. Remember the flood and Noah? He hated sin. In fact, he was like, why did I even create them? They're just turning their backs on me. He changed his mind. It says the Bible said he changed his mind and repented and said, why do he even make creation? So he had to come up with a plan. And he sent his son to die for us so we could be with him again. More headlines. I'm sorry. That earthquake in Chile, 8.8, February 27, 2010. Rocks Chile. Tsunami alert was issued. It moved the earth off of its axis three inches and shortened our, shortened our day. By a billionth of a second. One earthquake. One little earthquake. There were 450 deaths alone in the Chile earthquake. February 2nd, 2010, hundreds of quakes are rattling Yellowstone Park. It's active. You see that in the movie 2012, but that's not, I mean, that's happening. January 13th, 2010, we all know about this. Haiti rocked by a fierce 7.3 earthquake. There were over 300,000 deaths. 
August 30, 2009, nine earthquakes reported in central Oklahoma. Remember the 2004 tsunami? Almost another 300,000 deaths. You remember Katrina in America? People say, that's not God. That's God's judgment. The world is getting scared. It's quaking because He's coming back. Tribulations. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 8, 9, but all these things are merely the beginning of sorrows or birth pains, it says. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations on account of My name. Something I'm not looking forward to, but I'll go through whatever it takes for the lover of my soul. Christians are not exempt from problems and trials and hardships. The Bible promises them to us. Christians are under attack throughout the world today. In the United States, Christians still enjoy freedom to worship God, just like this morning you did, without suffering much more than ridicule, hatred, or discrimination at work and school. However, in many other countries, such as China, Sudan, Africa, Saudi Arabia, and North Korea, Russia, and many Muslim nations, Christians suffer much greater persecution and oftentimes death for their faith. The majority of the disciples were killed for their faith. During the tribulation, this suffering will be worldwide and will continue even to the point of becoming a martyr, which is dying for your faith. What are you going to do? Do you believe in Jesus? I, 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 no. And then you have just basically denounced your faith and turned your back on God. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes! Just like they did at Columbine to Cassie who was killed. And they said, then go be with them. Pulled the trigger. And she did. She went to be with them. She stood up for her God. She was a martyr. A modern day martyr. Headline. Image of Jesus appears in frying pan. They're making a mockery of this. They're putting his face in a frying pan and cooking their food like it's a joke. This is real. This is a headline. June 25, 2009, police raid pastor's home for holding church service. August 7, 2008, China cracks down to clean Christians out of Beijing. Get rid of them. May 30th, 2008, report Iran arrests suspected converts to Christianity. Why don't people like this? Because we see Christianity as intolerant. They're not about uniting the whole world under one kind of hippie love and making everything peaceful and flowers and lovey-dovey and everything is great and groovy and grand. You understand? We see Christians as intolerant. You won't accept homosexuality. And it's wrong because the Bible says it is. And then they hate Christians for that. Because Christians are trying to stand up for God. I remember when I was in college, there was a girl... I was in class with and she said that she was a homosexual a lesbian. She was gay. And I, my heart broke for her because she didn't know. And I just thought, God, you got to help me reach out to this girl because I love your people, God, because you love them. I love her. I don't love her lifestyle because I know you're against it. But I love her. You give me a love for this girl, a godly love for this girl to love her. And let her know that what she's doing and how she's living is wrong. Not because I think it is or not because it's my opinion, but because the Bible says so. And her sin separates her from you. You love her. So I took her scripture and I just showed her the Bible. I didn't say a word. I just handed her the Bible and she read it. And she starts weeping and crying. This was when I was in college. I'm 31. This was when I was probably 21 years old. And she's crying. And she's just shaking, saying... I didn't know. I didn't know. 
you can do it in a loving way. Don't condemn them. Love them as Christ would. Don't get confused about that. God hates sin, not people. Another headline says this. January 1st, 2008, woman escorted off Fort Worth, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth transit bus in Texas for reading the Bible aloud. This is in America. January 5th, 2008, ministry founder, U.S. Christians, absolutely not prepared for persecution. We don't know what's coming. And I will say that either absolute revival will take place or there's going to be persecution that comes and we're not ready for it because it's going to get hard. But we will not forsake the lover of our soul. We know what he's done. March 8, 2010, headline, 500 Christians slaughtered by Muslims in Nigeria. That was just one month ago, yes, two days ago. 32 days ago. 500 Christians slaughtered by Muslims in Nigeria. Islam sounds like a loving faith, doesn't it? Loving like our God in heaven. The only empire, Jesus Christ, the only empire that was built on love is His. Everything else is based on ritual and tradition and works, trying to work your way to heaven, making up your own beliefs. The Bible says at the end of Revelation, the very last couple of verses, anyone who adds to to this book or takes away from this book are going to get the plagues that are in this book and your name will be removed from the book of life. And that's every other religion in the entire world that is not evangelically Christian-based, Bible-believing, based on the love of Jesus and what He did at the cross. The Gospel will be preached throughout the world. Matthew 24:14 says, In this Gospel the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. Well, how are they going to know? The Internet, TVs, media, missionaries... Well, that's not fair. People dying all the time and going to hell. They didn't even know. How could they? God is a just God. I am not God. Your youth pastors are not God. Your pastors are not God. Your parents are not God. God knows how to judge and He will judge rightly. He does. He can't do wrong. It's outside of His nature of perfection. This prophecy has already been fulfilled through television, radio, missionaries, the translation of the Bible into many languages, and the Internet. Missionaries, technology that allows us to communicate, it's everywhere. Also, the redevelopment of the Roman Empire, the European community, that's going to happen. Talks about that in Daniel. The nations of Europe, since the Roman Empire dissolved, they've never adhered or formed one empire, but continue to separate Nations, however, as separate nations. However, the European Union right now has 15 member states and is preparing for the accession of 13 Eastern and Southern European countries right now. Europe is going to merge and come together. They're already becoming a union right now. What does that mean? Well, we don't know. We don't care. Come on. This is Bible. This is saying the end's going to happen. And this is the stuff that has to happen for this. And it's happening now. Treaties are being signed. The stage is set for the Antichrist to go, to, to show his face, to come up. And people will be deceived and they'll love him because people have turned from God and they want an answer and he's going to come and try to bring peace and unite the world. And people that buy into that will be deceived. And it will be a sad day 
that we're going to talk about tonight. Return of one pure language. You know what? I don't know if you know familiar with the, the story in the Bible about the Tower of Babel. They tried to build that tower so they could get to heaven. They tried to work their way to heaven and get high enough to reach heaven. And God was angry at that. So he, the Bible says he confused their language. That's where the languages of the earth come from. God's anger. You're taking Spanish and French because of sin. Do you know that? Do you know that? Because they tried to work their way to heaven. The Bible says he confused their language. But check this out. Zephaniah 3.9 says, For then I will return to the people one pure language, that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent. Listen to this. Prior to the restoration, or prior to the restoration of Israel, Israel became a state and regained its boundaries in 1948. What's that mean? The end is near. You know that. You know that it, the timeline is due to Israel. God's timeline is going to be because of Israel. Hebrew was a dead language, but right now Hebrew is spoken throughout Israel. Right now. God's preparing it right now. In the year 2010. Are you awake? We have to be awake. Rebuilding of the temple. Restoration of the temple. Worship and animal sacrifices in Jerusalem. We don't hear about this stuff. That's actually happening right now. The Temple Mount in Jerusalem is the center of attention of the world. For several end-time prophecies to be fulfilled, the temple will have to be rebuilt. Revelation 11.2 says, Leave out the court which is in the outside the temple and do not measure it, for it has been given to the nations, and they will tread underfoot of the holy city for 42 months. That's the first half of the tribulation. Daniel 9.27, And he will make a firm covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he will put a stop to the sacrifice and grain offering on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolation, even one of complete destruction, one that is decreed and poured out on one who makes desolate. This is the Antichrist. This is the halfway through the tribulation. 926 says, Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. The people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Some archaeologists right now believe that the Temple Mount is actually 340 feet south of the dome of the rock site, which is a Muslim mosque built in the place where the temple is going to be rebuilt. Dome of the Rock within the court of the Gentiles. Right where the temple was going to be built, the Muslims built a mosque. The Dome of the Rock. It's there today. And that's it. On your screens. This may be the court outside the temple that is left out. There are many groups already working on preparations for the new temple. The blueprints are already done. The blueprints are done. Right now. As you're going through your junior year of high school or your seventh grade year of middle school and you're having fun, you're playing sports and your friends are doing whatever they want and sinning and having a good time apart. And this is happening now. Awake. Rise from the dead. Ephesians 5.14 in Christ will give you life and light. And it says this. The only thing standing in the way of the construction of the new temple was Islam's third holiest site, the Dome of the Rock, and government support. For, which an, for such an undertaking. Some possible scenarios for the rebuilding of the temple are like this. The persuasion and the performing of miracles by the Antichrist and false prophet convinces the Islamic world to approve the rebuilding. That could happen. The United Nations will negotiate the rebuilding of the temple following a war with the armies from the north. That's Russia and Islamic forces. This assumes that the war with the armies from the north is not the Battle of Armageddon, as some feel that, and, 
that is the attack occurs before the rapture of tribulation period begins. The supernatural destruction of the Russian army and Islamic forces will cause an outpouring of Christian worship and zeal amongst the Jewish people who will reconstruct the temple themselves. These are just theories, things that could happen. So just watch for this stuff. Watch the news. Look for headings. Go to Prophecy News or uh, End Times. Go to Google and punch in End Times headlines. And it'll take you to sites that will that'll mess you up and be prepared and see what's going on and happening. Another maybe possible thing is determined that the site of the first two temples is actually south of the Dome of the Rock. And the court of the Gentiles, the Dome of the Rock, will be left out of the third temple. A group in Israel called the Temple Mount Faithful have obtained, this is now, most of the clothing, instruments, and other equipment required for temple worship and are actively preparing for the laying of the third temple's cornerstone right now. March 30, 2010, a headline, posters in Jerusalem call for construction of the third temple. August 2, 2009, survey, 64% want the temple to be rebuilt. Something else, this is kind of crazy, the appearance of the red heifer after 2,000 years, this cow, this red heifer. Numbers 19, 2 through 7 talks about this, how they require a spotless without blemish red heifer to be sacrificed. You understand that a red heifer will be required for the process of purification described in the book of Numbers? Listen to this. In May 1997, the first red heifer was born in 2,000 years. There has not been one born for 2,000 years, and there was one born in 1997. And there was another red heifer born in March of 2002. Hasn't been born for 2,000 years. And they're being born in your lifetime right here, right now. And it requires a pure, spotless, without wrinkle or blemish red heifer to be sacrificed. Those haven't existed for 2,000 years. And they're here now in your lifetime. The 411 data that matters. Increase in knowledge and travel. Daniel 12.4 says, but as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. When it says many will go back and forth, it means that there's going to be a lot of travel. My wife and I like to travel. We like to go places. We've been to a couple, few different countries for mission trips and and various things and the, the earth and the world and different countries. It's beautiful, but that's increasing. Planes and space travel and all that stuff. Knowledge has increased in the past 50 years more than it has in the past history combined. And the Bible says in Daniel 12, 4, knowledge will increase in the end times. That's right now in your time. Billy Graham was quoted as saying, 90% of all the engineers and scientists who have ever lived in, on the face of the earth in history... 90% of all the engineers and scientists who have ever lived are alive right now, today. 90% of them. Wow. Air travel, space travel, DNA research, and human cloning are all examples of the rapid increase in knowledge in our generation. And the Internet. Where is the Internet? Isn't that weird to think about? It's unbelievable. It connects the entire planet together. Return of the Ethiopian Jews to Israel. Zephaniah 3 talks about that. The Jews have to go back to their homeland, Israel. Listen to this. In 1984, Operation Moses saw the airlift of 15,000 Jews who had already fled to refugee camps in Sudan to escape starvation. In 1991, Operation Solomon flew 20,000 Jews to Israel from Ethiopia itself. A further airlift began in June of 1999. 
aimed at transporting the the last three members of the Quora Jewish community from northeastern Ethiopia to Israel. They're back. They're going back. The Bible says the end times, the Jews will return to their homeland of Israel. The world hates Israel. Hates them. And the reason why America has been so blessed and God has had His hand on America and blessed them, because God blesses those who bless Israel. And America has blessed Israel all the time and has been an ally of Israel all the time, rebuilding and allying and helping and aiding But we're getting very close right now in the current administration of this country from removing ourselves from Israel. And if and when that happens, very soon, there are already acts and things being signed and comments being made and headlines right now by our current administration that would indicate that they're going to be basically pulling away from Israel. And when that happens, things will get worse for America. Listen for those headlines. Listen. Because it will happen. Ezekiel 36, 24, it says this, For I will take you out of the nations. This is God speaking to His people. And I will gather you from all countries and bring you back into your own land. He's doing that now. The return of the Russian Jews. Jeremiah 23 talks about that. In the 1970s and 80s, there was a mass exodus of Russian Jews out of communist Russia. In 1999, the Associated Press reported a dramatic increase in the number of Jewish immigrants from Russia bringing the largest number of Russian Jews to Israel since the early 90s. Russia's going to rise up, y'all. They're going to get big and powerful again. Ezekiel 38 talks about that. So in order for some of the end-time events to occur, Russia has to be a strong nation with a strong military. Watch for that to happen, because it's coming quickly. It's happening even now. Technology for the mark of the beast. I had a dream last night. This is weird. I, I... I just had a dream. My wife and I were traveling on an airplane, and we were going somewhere. It might even have been a vacation, or we were speaking at a conference, or kind of a double type of thing. I don't remember what it was, but we got off the plane, and we were in these seats with wheels. It doesn't mean this is the way it's going to happen. I don't know. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying this was my dream. We were in the plane. The seats we were in had wheels, and it's like they were trying to control us because as soon as the plane landed, the doors opened, and we couldn't even get our stuff. The seats in the plane became mobile, and they rolled us right out real fast, my wife and I, right beside each other, right underneath the desk, people in uniforms, armed forces type of people, enforcing laws, people in the military of nations or whatever. And we were slid underneath the desk and locked into place, and our seats took us right to them, and we were supposed to have a connector flight. But instead of having a connector flight, They put us right in this position of military people. People were armed. Government was everywhere. And we slid underneath these tables. And they said, please give us your right hand. And my wife and I were together. And we were like, we looked at each other. And the military was demanding this. And we looked at each other. We said, this is it, babe. This is it. This is it. And what they did, we refused to take... What they were putting on our hands, we refused it. So they gave us a card. Uh, This probably isn't how it's going to happen, but this is what they said. It was a dream. They gave us a card and they said um, to us, you will have a choice. But if you have this card and you don't make a decision to make this a mark, you will not be able to buy anything. You will not be able to sell anything until you take the mark. And we looked at each other and we were like, This is it. 
this is it. This is the moment. Together we refused in our dream. And then I woke up. I'm glad we refused. The mark of the beast is real. Revelation 13, 16, and 17 says, And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand and on their forehead. And then he provides that no one will, listen, listen to this, no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. 666. 666. <laughs> I thought, wow. You know they've mathematically figured out that the majority of barcodes right now that exist those two lines on the outside and the two lines in the middle calculate 666 already. A lot of them. No one knows that. We are ignorant and we're, we're just going about our business and not caring. On, the May, on May 10th, this is real news. On May 10th, three members of a family in Florida, this is a few years ago, became the, so it tells you we're even closer, became the first people to receive the biochip implant. Each device made of silicon and called a Verichip is a small radio transmitter about the size of a piece of rice that is injected under a person's skin. It transmits a unique personal ID number whenever it is within a few feet of a special receiver unit. Verichip makers describe it as the miniaturized implantable radio frequency identification device, the RFID, that can be used in a variety of security, emergency, and healthcare applications. It's happening now. We thought the health care bill was dead. They're going to do what they want. And they know exactly what they're doing. And without that mark, without that chip, without that in you, you won't be able to buy. You won't be able to sell. You may not have health care. You may not have, if there's an emergency, you won't feel secure. That's the Christians that could be left behind if that's the sequence of events. It says, is the biochip the mark of the beast to be used by the Antichrist? Is it? We can't really know. What is significant is that the people are being softened to the idea of a mark or an implant as means of maintaining security, providing medical information, and regulating a more interdependent world. As attitudes change, fears subside, and people are convinced of the need for such a mark, then the true mark of the beast will be easily introduced to the world by the Antichrist. And will take it. Just like that. Because they're easing it in. And they're playing with our minds and they're softening us to the idea of it. Revelation 13 through 16. Read it. It's powerful. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 5 through 12. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? This is about the Antichrist. And now you don't know what is holding you back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so. That's God. Until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed. Taken out of the way means God's going to rapture out his church and then chaos and anarchy. And he's going to try to bring peace and seven-year treaties will be signed, but it's only going to last for 42 months, three and a half years. And then the second half of that, if God's timeline, we don't try to figure that out. We just know he's coming back. God's timeline says that untold terror will hit the earth because his spirit will not restrain any evil. Whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. That's the second coming. The coming of the lawless one will be 
in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. So people will be like, oh, ooh, oh, that's him. That must be God. It's, this man is amazing, and he will deceive many. And in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion. They refuse to be saved. God sends them a delusion? God's letting this happen. He's letting this happen. It's almost like a last chance and saying, you've rejected me over and over and over. So I'm going to send you a delusion. So only those people who are genuine and real at that point will be giving themselves to God. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. God sends that so they will believe the lie? God hates sin. And you've rejected Him time and time again. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. We're going to be lovers of pleasure. We're going to fall away, the Bible says. Plans for the one world government. We are wrapping up and we're going to pray. Plans for the one world government, religion, and currency. Listen to this. The United Nations, the World Trade Organization, International Criminal Court, the UN, peacekeeping, police force, numerous UN, NGOs, and other agencies are preliminary steps to the formation of a one world government. We now have the communications, technology, transportation, and the pro-globalization media necessary to usher in the one world government headed by the Antichrist. He is real. The increasing terrorist threat in the Middle East conflict will only speed up the formation of this governing body as fear and promises of better security make more people willing to give up their national sovereignty for global governance. That's happening right now. Right now. In fact, we're going to get into some headlines here. February 26, 2010. Christian churches in Canada fading out. Is the U.S. next? March 18, 2010. Blair chooses America in plan to reunite, to unite religions. December 22, 2009. Nowhere to run from the New World Government. September 8, 2009. United Nations wants new global currency to replace dollar. If you're saving all kinds of cash, soon it will be worthless. Worthless. Happening right now. June 26, 2009, beginning of last summer, China calls to replace dollar with new world currency. This is what Al Sharpton says, Reverend Al Sharpton, a fool. He says, and if that transformation is socialism... Then so be it, he explained. That is what the American public overwhelmingly voted for. He's right. We did vote for it. And we will get what's coming to us. But we voted for it. But God's not caught off guard. All this is happening because he wants you with him. And it's going to take all this stuff. And then boom, it's over. And eternity begins. But your eternity may have started last night when you made a decision. When you decided to bow your knee and your heart to God, the creator of heaven and earth, and you made that decision, and you asked for forgiveness, and you repented from your sin, your, your, different, your new eternity started last night. 
you imagine eternity with God? I'll be bored. No, you won't. No, you won't. The European Union was formed in 1993. It already exists. In 1993, 6,000 religious leaders representing 125 religious groups from around the world gathered in Chicago for the Parliament of New World Religions, an event promoted by the United Nations. The stated purpose of this parliament was to formulate a global ethic that would provide the basis for a non-biased, non-exclusive religious world order. The Bible says in John 14:6 that Jesus Christ is the only way, truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through Him. All the other religions in the world do not say that. You have to work your way to heaven. You have to be good enough. You have to do these things. You, karma. Forget karma. If you talk about that stuff, you're wrong. It's by the love and the blood of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. And if you reject that, He'll reject you, the Bible says. And that would be a scary day. The stated purpose purpose was to have a non-exclusive religious world order. 60% right now of people would vote to replace. In our our country, the United States, over 60% of our country would unanimously vote to replace not just a little bit of our Congress, but all of them. That's the that's the Ramusen report that says that 60 percent of our nation would vote right now to replace our entire Congress. The European Union, the African Union, the North American Union and soon to be Asian Union working on for over 60 years. Soon to form a one world government. The North American Union, U.S., and Canada, and Mexico met in 2005. Paul Warburg says we will have it one way or another by conquest or consent. Islamic religion is the fastest growing religion in the world and in America. And just to give you some background, the Islamic religion was created from sin. Okay? It was created when God promised Abraham for his descendants to be the number of the stars in the universe. And Abraham wasn't having any children. And he had a wife named Sarah. So he offered his wife up to, or Sarah said, just go have sex with our servant Hagar. So Abraham had sex out, adultery, sin, with someone else because maybe his wife was too old or wasn't bearing children and he got impatient. We've got to have offspring. We've got to have descendants. And he committed adultery on his wife and had sex with his servant, Hagar. And they had a son. And that son's name was Ishmael. Ishmael is the father of the Muslim nation. And all of the terror and all of the sin in the world and all of the Muslim religion in the world is because of adultery. And Ishmael. And Abraham committing adultery and cheating. On his wife because he didn't. And Abraham was seen as like the greatest man of faith. And he did this and because of his sin. Islam is ruling the world. And I'm actually going to prove that to you. This is a crazy, very sobering video. Watch this. So if you can imagine, I mean, that when you watch videos like that, 
it kind of makes your heart pound a little bit like, wow, this is now, this is real. And it can be scary, actually. That is the religion that is taking over the world. It's a religion of hatred. It's a religion of confusion. And it's all because of sin. All because of sin. And Muslims are not the enemy. Okay? Sin is the enemy. One of Satan's names is the enemy. But the war is not against Satan. The war should be against sin. Because sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what's taking over and destroying the world. It's all because of sin and adultery that this Muslim nation is taking over the entire world. The growth is unbelievable. It's 100,000 Muslims in 1970, now over 9 million. And that was 2008, it's 2010. Millions more Muslims. The Islamic religion is the fastest growing religion in America. And we are a Christian nation. This can be scary, and I know that you might be thinking, wow, this is all kind of heavy, this is all kind of weird. But the point of this session today, this morning, is to cause you in your mind and in your heart to wake up. It is a wake-up call. It is time to awake. It is time to realize that this stuff is real. It's happening. It's right in front of our face. And there's a decision that needs to be made by every individual on the face of God's earth. So I want you to know this. And I, I, and I want you to be able to say this too. But there's only one way you can possibly say this. I am not afraid. Okay? I am not afraid. Because I know God. And I know at the end of the book, we win. I know that if I have to give my life because of Christianity for God, the Bible says to die is gain. To die is gain. There's special rewards in heaven for those who die for Him. Literally. I mean, this is, this does not have to be scary. This can be a time that would alert, especially the Christian, to alert you and to encourage you and to start to evangelize more. And no matter how hard or difficult it is, you get spit on and food thrown at you and cursed up and down and all kinds of stuff by the people at lunch or study hall or whatever, and you stand firm to have a, a spine of steel and a forehead of flint that no matter what people say, it just bounces off of you. You don't care because you know and you're set. You're convinced, you're persuaded that this love from God is real. And it's also He can be with you again. And He will keep your mind in perfect peace. You'll run to those people who are calm. You'll run to those people who have Confidence and a calmness about them because of God. Not because they or me have it all together because I don't. But Him in me and your youth pastors and the people that know God and from this weekend forward, from last night, are going to put everything they have into getting to know God. God, the Bible says that He will keep those minds in perfect peace who are stayed upon Him. Well, what if I can only read once a month? And it's going to be pretty hard for you to have a relationship with God and to not fall back into your sinful ways. You will fail. You will sin. You will mess up. You ask God for forgiveness. You don't beat yourself up over it. There's so many people who we don't see in youth ministries on those nights we have service because they failed again. And they're cutting themselves. They're cursing themselves. They can't believe it. They just pity themselves. Woe is me. Poor is me. I'm just a screw up, mess up. And they don't show up because they don't feel worthy. You don't know God. God loves you. God wants you there. Well, then people will judge me. Only God can judge you. 
But your youth pastor has the right to judge you as well and to correct you. The Bible says that, I believe, in Corinthians. It says it talks about judging those who are on the inside. That's why I grab kids and say, come here. I heard this. What's up? Don't ju- I'm allowed to judge you. The Bible says people in leadership and ministry, as long as it's done in the right way, out of love and concern for your soul, are allowed to judge you, are allowed to help you and correct you. I'm going to pray for you guys. And then we'll be dismissing soon. Chase is going to come out. Like I said, this session today was just kind of an informative wake-up call. Tonight is going to be an amazing, amazing finale to the weekend. These are over too quick, aren't they? We need like a week, like a week in a row or something. Or we need to be here like every week, you know? So if anyone in here has 30 grand times 52... We'll take it. All right. But guess what? The good news is, is you can do this every week because there's youth ministries everywhere and youth pastors who love and care for you everywhere. Start making those youth ministries bigger in number. Then all of a sudden, those on the outside will get smaller and we're going to start taking this city and taking this county. You understand? Good news is, again, you can do this every day. It's up to you to do that. Set your alarm. No way. Then don't know God and fall back. It is a sacrifice. He sacrificed for you. Remember one of the uh, definitions of repent was a want to change. I'm sorry, I don't get to do that stuff anymore. No, no, no. I hate that stuff because God hates it. And that stuff separates me from Him. You want to please Him. Luke 21, 28 says, Ben, but when... When these things happen, begin to take place, straighten up and lift your heads. Better straighten up, straighten up, because your redemption is drawing near. Get ready for the trumpet to sound. When, this, when these things happen, get ready. Luke 21.32 says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Listen to all the stuff that's happening. Uh, just recently, like a week or two ago, this is in Davenport, Iowa. A town renames Good Friday Spring Holiday. That's blasphemy. It's go- the day God died for the world, they don't know. We're not calling it that. We're not going to honor and revere that. We're going to call it the Spring Holiday. We were removing God we trust from the dollar. We take out under God from the pledge. We want to do that. People were removing Ten Commandments from courthouse lawns. We say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Get over it. Say Merry Christmas, Merry Christ to the masses. Christ Mass. Say it. You have to set that right. You feel like you're being some big tool or big being used by God and a tool in the hand of God when you just say Merry Christmas and it feels like you're going to be smacked down or ridiculed for saying Merry Christmas, something we've said since the original Christmas. Come on. Our Christian nation went from 65% in the World War II generation, probably the 80 and 90 year olds that are alive today. Christianity in our nation was 65% and the baby boomers that are probably in their 50s and 60s right now is down to 35% Christian. My generation, Generation X, there's only 16% Christian. And in your generation, you right now sitting in the seats right now, there is only 4% of your generation that's Christian. We are heading towards Europe, a post-Christian nation. They have, they have 1.5, 7%.
Christian right now. And they've turned a lot of their churches into bars. And you wonder why God's judgment is going to fall. Abortion and homosexuality. Listen to this. March 30th, 2010. Narcissism epidemic spreads among college students. Look at this picture. This is a picture of a cat looking into a mirror. And the image be reflecting back from this cat is a bold, beautiful, courageous, majestic-looking lion. This headline suggests that this is how college students see themselves. Listen, oh, mighty person, college student who calls yourself a Christian. You see yourself like that. How arrogant you are. Because you think you're smarter than God. You think because of college and the professors, you've become enlightened. You've become inclusive. You've become tolerant. You've be, you have an open mind now. Open mind? The Bible says to have the mind of Christ. I don't have an open mind. I cannot be conformed to this world and some idea that some philosopher or professor says. When I was in college, I was a youth pastor. And I was saying, God, use me. And just by saying scriptures would stump professors. Because they have, they don't get the idea of faith. And we turn college students into this. They become their own gods. My Bible says that one of the names of God, when he, when he sits on the throne and he's, how majestic he is, Jesus is known as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, who has conquered and is able to open the seven seals of wrath of God and pour them out on the earth. They call Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah. And this is how college students see themselves as a God making their own decisions, calling their own shots, doing what they want. They better wake up because colleges in this nation, a lot of them were founded upon Christianity and they have scriptures written all over their buildings and cornerstones as the majority of the population of college students get drunk and have drunken orgies and get and have, drug, have drugs at everything and their minds are being molded by the world and they're taught all these things and that's how they see themselves, how arrogant we're becoming. God says, be humble and submit yourself unto God. Draw near to Him and He'll draw near to you. Humble yourself. That is not humble. That is pride. There's a 10% chance that college students will ever even have an encounter with God. That's scary because statistics say that once you reach the age of 20, there's only a 10% chance that you will ever even know God. 90% of people who have an encounter with God, do so before they're even 20 years old. That's you this weekend. Thank God for these four walls where you can come in here and sit and hear these things. Maybe this weekend could change your life. You must listen to this. You have to listen to this. Are you awake? Are you awake? Let's, uh, let's pray. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for all this information. It seems like it's so overwhelming to hear this. Sometimes it's very heavy on our hearts to hear this information, especially coming out of the Bible, knowing that it's true, knowing that it's going to happen, knowing that a lot of it has already happened, knowing that things are happening right now, even as we sit in these comfortable seats. Christians are dying all over the world for their faith. All these prophecies are being fulfilled even now. We pray right now in the name of Jesus, your name, the only name under heaven which men can receive salvation, the only name, 
not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Confucius, nobody, anybody. It's just you, the one who sent your son to die for us. That name, the precious name and the precious blood that was shed of Jesus, that we can be alert, we can be awake, we can be aware of our surroundings and what's happening right now in Zanesville, in Muskingum County, in Ohio, in our nation, every continent on the face of the planet. Help us, Lord. Keen up our senses, our spiritual senses. God, I pray that you would create conversation as we go to break. That we could talk about this. Maybe even pray about it. That we would connect with other people that maybe we don't know. Bless the word. Bless your word, Lord Jesus. Thank you for blessing the time that we've had together this morning. Get us excited to come back here tonight, please. In Jesus' name. And everybody whisper. Now here we go. Listen, we're going to go to break in just a couple of minutes. If you could take some of the house lights up just slightly. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Now look, I know that you guys probably came here last night and you uh, you maybe scoped out some of the merchandise and now there's four more bands coming today and you have your money for that. And you know what you want. You have your eye on something and you know what you want to buy. But look, right now we're having church, right? So we're going to take up an offering. Because listen, I know that Chase was talking about this a little bit last night, but you have to understand that this event was $30,000 and it's a lot of money. We were depending on ticket sales and merch and various things to help uh, raise. We don't want to make money. We just want to break even. That's all we want to do. So if you have a buck, if you have a dollar, if we all gave like $5 or something, I mean $5 times, I don't know, three, four hundred, four hundred people. I don't know how many is here. I mean, that's if we can get a couple thousand um, that would be great. We've worked hard to try to put this weekend on for you. And raise your hand if you want us to keep doing this. Okay? Um, so if you would, we're going to pray for the offering. And all I need you to do is you guys, everybody, look at me right here. Everybody look at me. You guys right here, there's buckets on the inside and on this side right here. Just you guys have to listen at first. And you're going to pass those buckets to the end of the rows. And then they'll be collected by an usher and they'll take them back even further. Okay, so if you would do that for us, we would really appreciate it. We're going to pray for this. We're going to ask God to multiply. Listen, if you're a pastor, if you're a youth pastor, um, just to let you know, this is a pretty big endeavor. And we want to involve churches and youth pastors and leaders even more in this event. And we want to bless you guys with some free Starbucks and a lounge area and get you guys involved in the prayer room and hanging out. Um, if you are able to write down on a card, or, this isn't a joke, so don't do this as a kid. Don't write this as a joke. Because we'll take this seriously, okay? If you want to write down on a card, pastor or youth pastor, our, our church gave $10,000 to this. And that's our church. But that's only a third of what this cost. you understand? So $20,000 we are dependent upon ticket sales and merch and all this stuff that we're doing. So if you're a church and you haven't given money and you'd like to write out a check or you don't have it tonight or you have a church check, I mean, if your church can give a 1000 that would be a small dent. But we would love to do we would love to have that so we can break even. We don't want to make money. We just want to break even. That is all. Okay? So if you're able to do that or you can write on a card, this church, this amount, sending the check this week, whatever, we'll maybe give you a call and say, hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. So we can pay the bills. Guys, check this out. This building for three days to rent this building, $5,000. Now, you might be thinking, what? But guess what? We're doing it for you. Okay? 
So that's a lot. That's a lot to have three days, nonprofit organization trying to raise all our money to do it. It doesn't come easy. So if you're a church, you're a pastor, or you're a youth pastor, contact your pastor and ask them and say that. I know the offering has kind of already started, but I'm going to pray over it. So let's stop where we are real quick. Father, we do pray, Lord Jesus, that we would give like we're giving from our neighbor's pocket, that we would just give all we can today. We know we want to buy merch, and that money also goes to this. So we pray, Lord, that um, that would